0: I wanna talk to you this morning on the subject of game changers. We have these times in our life where we face these defining moments, right? Where you go, wow, everything changes. This is a a defining moment and and defining moments, they can be positive, they can be negative, but here's what a defining moment is. It's a moment that determines every moment going forward. And we, we find ourselves at that place individually, as a society, as a culture, uh, as a people, as a world. And we really, we find ourselves at that place as a church. Now, one of the things that I find that is pretty consistent with those game-changing moments, with those defining moments, they do have a, a great potential to trigger some anxiety. In fact, specifically as it relates to the church, there are some who have wondered Oh, man, how is the church going to survive COVID nineteen? How is the church going to sur- survive coronavirus? Will will the reality that we have to socially distance will it keep people being being connected to the church? Will it will it keep them from being faithful in stewardship? And and when the when the time comes uh, that our our quarantining, when the time comes that it's over, you know, will folks be too comfortable and not come back to church? Well. I'd want a member of our team to do some research on how the church has responded in the past throughout history to these issues of pandemics and plagues. And, and I want to offer you this. If, if history is in any way a guide, God is moving in this moment. Even when you can't see it, he's working. Even when you can't feel it, he's working. He's a way maker and he never stops. And here's what we find in history, that the church has always responded very well in times of plague, in times of pandemic. In fact, the first first plague to hit the early church, it came very quickly. It was early in in the second century. It was a a plague called the Antonine Plague. And it spread widely across the Roman Empire, and, and it lasted for about 15 years. Think about that, 15 years. It decimated the Roman armies. All across the Roman Empire, it decimated the Roman armies. But this was an important time period for the church. In fact, you'll find this, in the second, in the second century, the church grew very rapidly. And, and one, of the, one of the reasons that that happened is because the Roman Empire, in this time period, they, they were building all these pagan temples, right? And uh, a guy named Marcus Aurelius, he ordered the suspension of the construction of these, of these pagan temples. And, 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 and during that time period, what happened was this, is, is a lot of folks stopped worshiping these false gods. And the reason they did is this, is they said it makes no sense to worship these false gods. Surely, if they have power, they should be able to stop this plague. And so what happened was this, is it actually, it, it put Christianity, it put Christian faith in a very positive light. The, the Antonine Plague in the second century, it was followed uh, very quickly by the Cyprian Plague in the third century AD. Now, this one fascinates me because this actually caused 5,000 deaths a day in Rome. It, it, was, it, was, it was ravaging Rome. And, and Dionysius, was the, he, was the, he was the bishop of, of Alexandria at the time. And uh, famous church historian Eusebius, he quotes Dionysius. Listen to this. And he he describes the contrast between the way the church responded in time of a pandemic and the way that the pagans responded in the time of pandemic. Listen to this. It says this. Most of our brother Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. And, And with them departed this life serenely happy." for they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. Many in nursing and curing others transferred their death to themselves and died in their stead. But with the heathen, everything was quite otherwise. They deserted those who began to be sick and fled from their dearest friends. They shunned any participation or fellowship with death, which yet with all their precautions, it was not easy for them to escape. Here's what we know. We know this, that the historical estimates of the Christian church population before the Cyprian plague were about 1.2 million, or 2% of the Roman Empire. And yet, very quickly, Christians were estimated to number around 6 million. And in fact, by that time, it was enough to convince Constantine that conversion would be welcomed by a a large portion of the population. Here's what we find, friend. The church faced a plague, a pandemic in the second century. And what God did is God used that to cause the church to move and to grow exponentially. The church faced a plague, a pandemic in the third century. And here's what we find. We find that God used this to cause the reality of his love and the wonder of his grace to spread all across the Roman Empire, all across much of the known world at that time. Let's fast forward a little bit. 15th century. This is one that you might be more familiar with hearing about, the the bubonic plague. The bubonic plague covered much of the known world. Europe was hit especially hard. Doesn't that sound familiar? And, And about half, The European population died within a five-year span. But listen to this. Listen to this. Martin Luther, he he, he provided a good amount of writing on the Christian ethic of of caring for one's neighbor during these times. And, And in his writing, whether Christians should flee the plague, Luther wrote this. Those who are engaged in spiritual ministry, such as preachers and pastors, must likewise remain steadfast before the peril of death. You see, for for Luther, Christian doctors must stay and treat the sick. Christian leaders must stay to lead the people. And he goes on to write this. He says, we must respect the word of Christ who said, I was sick and you did not visit me. According to this passage, we are bound to each other in in such a way that no one will forsake the other when he is in, in distress, but is obliged to assist and help him as he himself would like to be helped. That's the reason why, friends, this morning, even in this time of social distancing, let me tell you what Calvary did. Calvary sent a team out to provide food to the homeless in Orlando. We did it last week, we did it this week, we'll do it next week, and we're gonna do it for as long as we find ourselves in this situation. We're currently in the, pro- in the process of making arrangements where we're going through the logistics to get truckloads of food to Orlando to where we can distribute to those who are in need. Here's the reason why. Because the church cannot run from situations like this. We have to run to situations like this. We find ourselves at one of those defining moments. It's a game-changing moment. It happens all throughout history. It happens corporately. It also happens individually. You know those moments in your life that have been defining moments. I've had several. If you've, if you've heard my story at all, you know this, that I was, I was hit by a drunk driver the first day of school, my junior year in high school. That was a defining moment for me. It changed everything about my life going forward. It was a few months later that I, I met the girl who would one day be my wife, and, and that was another defining moment for me. Oh, it, it wasn't what you think. It, it wasn't love at first sight. But but meeting her and, and recognizing her character and her godliness, what it, what it did to me is it changed the way that I, that I viewed girls. It changed my understanding of what the potential was for a godly relationship. And for several years, for a number of years, I... I evaluated all of the girls that I interacted with, that there was potential for relationship. I, I evaluated them based on what I saw in my wife. And eventually I decided why look to other girls to meet the standard that Jody set? Why don't I just marry her? And can I tell you 35 years later, I'm so glad that I came to that, came to that conclusion, came to that understanding. We all have it, don't we? We have those game-changing moments, those defining moments. Those, those of us in Central Florida that are sports fans, we're, we're pretty excited that Tom Brady decided not to go back to the New England Patriots because they're a bunch of cheaters. And, uh, and we're glad that he has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you know what? Sports fans believe this. They believe that's a game changer. They believe that it's a, a defining moment. Well, sports is fine. But we have these things that are, more, that are much more significant as it, as it relates to, to defining moments. Let me give you one more, one more historical aspect of, of plague, pandemic, and how the church has responded. We're part of a fellowship. Calvary's part of a fellowship called the Assemblies of God that was founded in 1914. It was an outgrowth of, of the, this, this Pentecostal revival uh, that really began right at the turn of the century, right at 1900 coming out of the Azusa revivals in, in Los Angeles, California. Well, our fellowship started in 1914 and just four years into this, this young Pentecostal movement, the United States was ravaged by a plague, a pandemic called the Spanish flu. And, and what was interesting is this, is, is where the Assembly of got is based, Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Springfield, Missouri uh, had a pretty significant outbreak and uh, all of our Assembly of got institutions were shut down and, and this, this is what was written in the Christian Evangel, our, our publication, it said this, we are finding it a splendid opportunity to devote additional time to prayer for our missionaries. Where assemblies are closed, let the saints devote the time they would have spent at meeting to the word and to prayer. And there are also other accounts of what churches were doing during times that the health department ordered shutdowns. Does it sound familiar? This is what it said. It says this, the scattered meetings were just returning and our meetings were filling up once more when the order to close was issued by the health department on account of the Spanish influenza. So we, we have held no meetings for the past month, but our time has been taken up more than ever in visiting the Christians and those seeking salvation as well as praying with the sick. I love that. Here's what they were doing. In small groups, they were fellowshipping with one another. Those around them that had need, they were responding to that need. And those who needed to hear the good news that Jesus Christ loves them, that's what they were engaged in. Quite honestly, in the midst of the Spanish influenza of 1918, the church was doing what the church is called to do. God has you in the place that he has you in this moment for a reason. God has us in the place that he has us in this moment for a reason. God has the church in the place he has it as the church for this reason. And here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that 2020, that God's gonna use the situation that we find ourselves in. And I wanna make this clear. God didn't create it, God does not create evil. But what God does is God takes even the most evil things and he turns them for good. And God's gonna use this that his love might go forth. God's gonna use this, that his grace might be shown. God's gonna use this, that his power might be revealed. And watch and see how God uses you to show his mercy in a time of difficulty, to be an ambassador of his love in a trying moment, to be a representative of the good news in a time where people are looking for good news. Because God has always been about defining moments. He's always been about game-changing moments. In fact, I want want to take you to one. I want to take you to to Matthew chapter 5. Or actually, let's go to Luke chapter 5. So, uh, Matthew chapter 5 does say this. It says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. But I, I want to look in more detail about that same account that's recorded in Luke. And it is... It is a, it's a game-changing moment. I want you to imagine that this morning that you're not sitting in your living room. You're not watching a live stream. But it's a, it's a spring morning. And you're at the edge of a, of a lake. It's a decent-sized lake. It's about seven miles wide. It's about 13 miles long. You're on the north shore of the lake and it's just about that time of year that the flowers are starting to pop out. The air is a, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit cool, but it's just kind of that that perfect temperature. And you see this group of people that is, that is quickly becoming a, a crowd. You also notice in the Distance there are the the fishermen and they're doing what fishermen do. They had been out late at night hoping to catch fish. This past night it it wasn't it wasn't just a good time to fish. You know, there are some times that you'll go fishing and it's it's glorious. There are other times that you go fishing, and uh, your your plan is to go fishing, and instead you're either going for a hike or you're just going boating because uh, the fish either aren't there or they aren't biting. And this is one of those moments for these fishermen that for some reason the fish weren't there or the fish weren't interested. And so they 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 had just come in from fishing and a little frustrated, a little disappointed because this isn't a hobby for them. It's a livelihood. And they've been out there all night, been out on the sea all night, and just continuing to cast out the nets, right? Casting out the nets, pulling them in, nothing. Throw it out again, they cast it out again. Reel it in, nothing. So they find themselves in this place of frustration. As they're there, just taking care of little rips that had happened in the nets, and making sure their boat is good because they've, they've got to go out again tonight. And, and, and in the midst of this setting, there is this, again, this crowd that's forming off in the distance. They seem to be following this, this man who's talking to them and they're, they're, all, they're all listening intently. And this, this man, this teacher, what he does is this, as, as, he's being, as the crowd is growing larger and larger and he's being pushed back further and further, finally what he does is he, he steps onto one of the boats. And now he's, he's teaching from the boat. There's, there's no indication in Scripture that, that Jesus asked for permission to come aboard. There's, there's no indication that there was any interaction uh, here's what we see, we see this, that Jesus is teaching, he just gets on to Peter's boat. And now he's, he's teaching, he's teaching the, the multitude, he's teaching the crowd. Peter does not realize it yet. But this is a defining moment. It's not unlike we find throughout biblical history. Gideon is there in the wine press, right? And he's threshing wheat in the wine press. It's a a frustrating task. He's, He's irritated that he has to do this in the wine press. But he's there, he's threshing wheat inside a wine press because he can't do it out in the open. His people are being oppressed by an invading army. So he's there, the, the dust of threshing the wheat is all around him. He's more than likely been doing this for some time. But on this day, on this day, what he doesn't realize is he's about to have a defining moment. It's a game changer. So the angel of the Lord appears before him and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Moses, just tending the sheep. David, going up to the battle lines, thinking all he's doing is just dropping off some food for his brother and just, brothers, and just to check and see how things are going. Here's here's what we find quite often is that life-changing moments, they they come when we least expect it. See, Peter didn't expect on that morning when he's there just mending his nets, frustrated over the lack of any fish. He didn't realize that he was about to have a a defining moment. He didn't realize that it was a game changer. And listen, for so many of us, a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, We never imagined that we would actually be in the place where we're at today. We never imagined that the complexion of our world could change so quickly. In fact, a month ago, most of us had never uttered the phrase social distancing. Two months ago, we had no idea what COVID really was. And yet, life has changed, haven't it? The world has changed, hasn't it? The street value of toilet paper, it's gone up exponentially. Who would have imagined? It's a defining moment. We find ourselves in a game-changing moment. We find ourselves in in a defining moment as a culture. And even though we did not expect it, it doesn't change the fact that that's where we are. And and when these defining moments come, honestly, many times, initially, it doesn't look like an opportunity. It looks like an interruption. It it looks like an interruption. So, Simon Peter is there, and he's he's mending his nets, and Jesus is teaching on his boat, and he's like, dude, all right, if you want to teach on my boat, come on and teach on my boat. And when Jesus finishes speaking, he says this, hey, I want you to put your water out into the deep and, and, and cast out your nets. Imagine in that, in that moment, I want you to imagine the thoughts and the emotions that go through Simon Peter's mind. Okay, Sir, with, with all due respect, You're a gifted teacher. I don't know how much you know about fishing. This is not the time of day to be casting out the nets. And we've just come in from being out there. And it was a complete waste of time. This is not the time to do this. And that's... We often, when we find ourselves in these defining moments in life, when we find ourselves in these places where it's a game changer, it'll come when we least expect it. And it's so easy for us to to mistake this opportunity or this defined strategic positioning. It's so easy for us to view it as as an interruption, as a frustration. And right now, you, you find yourself, you're, you're being asked to, to limit your social interaction. And you look at everything that you have on your schedule, all that you were planning to accomplish, everything that was on the agenda for this spring. And it's been, it's been put on hold. Yet you had some, you had some plans on, on how are you how are you gonna navigate 2020 financially. You had some things that you wanted to buy. You had some investments that you wanted to make. You had some ideas on how you were going to expand your business. And now, instead of being able to expand your business, now you find yourself going, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep my business open. And I understand that you didn't expect this. And and I understand that that what you're experiencing now, that, that it could so easily be misunderstood as a frustration. I get that. And no doubt, that's the same that that Simon Peter found himself in. He says this, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. That's that's key, because here's what he does. Even, Even though even though this moment was unexpected, and even though it so easily could have been frustrating, he still chooses to engage. And here's what you can do in this time frame, in, in this unexpected moment that really is a defining moment for you, defining moment for us, defining moment for the church, we can choose to do this. We can choose to isolate. We can choose to hide, we can choose to disconnect, or what we can do is we can, in, we can lean into the moment, we can engage. And recognize the massive ministry opportunities that are in front of us. The connect points that we can have with our neighbors. Even as we, we, we talk about knowing that there's some possibility that we might not be able to meet together in a large group on Easter. And knowing that you can invite your neighbor to join you for Easter. There there are just there are these, these huge opportunities that are in front of us. The question is this: how will we handle this unexpected game changer in our life? That really has come at a time where maybe it's it's less than opportune and it's it's frustrating. Will you engage? Simon makes a decision here in Luke chapter 5 that is an absolute game changer for him. It's a life-changing moment. Nobody would have imagined that this guy that's there mending his nets, there on the, the boat, there on the dock, nobody would have imagined that this guy, three years later, is going to preach a message that it's gonna cause 5,000 people to say yes to Jesus. All he is, is a fisherman, that's all he is. But it was a game changer. It was a defining moment. And in that moment, even though the timing wasn't right, even though he was personally fatigued, even though it was irritating, he says this, master, We have worked hard all night and we've caught nothing. But nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. And here's the question that I have for you this morning. What you do today, how you engage this week, will how you engage this week. Will what you do today, will it be determined by the circumstances around you or will it be determined by the words that God is speaking and that God has spoken over you? Because that is, that is the determining factor. That is what will determine the impact of this defining moment that you find yourself in, that we find ourselves in. And I love the fact that throughout history, the church has leaned well into these game-changing moments. The church has leaned well into these defining moments. And friend, in 2020, it's our turn. It's our turn. It's our turn. It's, It's our turn for the church to see that God is still with us. And it's our turn for the world to see that in the midst of a moment where there are many more questions than answers, that as we allow God's light to shine through us, that the world will know that we do have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure, that our God does save, deliver, and heal, that he does provide for each and every one of our needs, and and that death is a reality. But just as much as death is a reality, heaven is a promise that God keeps. And this is the moment that we find ourselves in. Master, this is not the most convenient time for a game-changing moment, for a defining moment in my life. And in fact, when I look at it in the natural, it doesn't make any sense to me. But nevertheless, but nevertheless, at your word, so, God, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray for my neighbors. I'm gonna pray for my coworkers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out to my neighbors. I'm gonna reach out to my coworkers. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be an agent of peace. And I'm gonna be an ambassador of calm in a season of panic. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna to look to where I can help, and I'm gonna energetically and overtly share the reason for my joy, and the reason for my peace, and the reason for my hope in this troubling time. I'm gonna open my home to my neighbor, rather than isolate myself in fear. because God, I believe that you're gonna, in this season, in the season that we celebrate the resurrection of Christ's birth, in the season, God, that you're gonna, you're gonna use this for your glory, for my blessing. Because friend, Peter, in this game-changing moment, in this life-changing moment, Peter was one of a number of fishermen along that Galilean seashore on on, on this defining moment day. And there are dozens upon dozens of fishermen that were there that we'll never talk about, that we'll never know. But for Peter, because he didn't get frustrated over the fact that it was unexpected because he didn't allow the irritation of the interruption to, to rule the moment. He didn't allow the fact that it might have been a little bit uncomfortable keep him from engaging. Instead, here's what he did. He, he took a bold step. And when you do this, when you, take an old, when you take a bold step, a defining moment will usher you into a new reality. And that's what happens in, for, for Peter. He, he, he does this, he, he goes out in the deep, they cast the nets and the nets are so full of fish that the nets are bursting, it's overwhelming and then Jesus makes the statement. Allowing them to see the visual, allowing them to see the potential. Jesus says this, from this point forward, you will not fish for this, but you will fish for men. And it ushered in a new reality for them. God wants to usher in a new reality for you. He wants to usher in a new reality for the church. That we understand that, yes, Luke ten two is correct, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And he's called us, he's called us in this moment, in this season, to be laborers in the harvest. The Antonine Plague of the second century, it did not kill the church, it grew the church. The Cyprian Plague of the third century, it did not kill the church. The church exploded with growth at the time. The bubonic plague of the 15th century. It did not destroy the church. It caused the church to shine and to be a positive beacon in a very dark period. Spanish influenza: of 1918. It did not destroy the church. Oh, it would have been so easy, especially the the, the church that we're a part of, this this thing that was brand new in many respects, the the Pentecostal movement. In fact, if you look at the history of of our tribe, the Assemblies of God, here's what we saw. We saw this in the 1920s into the 1930s. We saw the church just continue to grow exponentially, explode with growth. Why? Why? Because we see this throughout history, we see the church. And friends, the church isn't an institution, the church is you and me. We see the church responding well and being led by the Holy Spirit in each and every situation throughout history. And now it's our turn. And now it's our turn. What will we do? What will history say? about COVID-19, the epidemic, the the pandemic that that hit the world in 2020. Like you, I don't know if what we're facing is a moment. I I don't know if we've got another mile to go. I, I don't know if this journey will be a marathon. But what I do know I know from the over 7,000 promises in the word of God, I know that he has us. I know from looking at history, both biblical history, how we see God using his children over and over again in defining moments, as I see in church history, in recent history, God still has you, He still has us and if we 're obedient to what he 's speaking to us in our hearts in our spirits at this moment, this will be another this will be another one of those game changers of those defining moments for the church, where we see actually coming into into to 2020, 2019 was a time period where, where the church was kind of, at least in, in, in North America and Western Europe, where the church was kind of plateaued and, and even, even kind of listing a little bit. And God has positioned us in this moment to see the church be all that it's called to be and impact the world around us. This is a defining moment for you. It's a game changer. How will you respond? You know, I I know this. I know that there are some that are watching this morning that, that maybe you have yet to say yes to Jesus. You have yet to become a Christ follower. And this is truly a defining moment for you. Because it's the, it's the difference of living life with God's presence and him providing all of your needs and giving you what is time and at times an unexplainable but definitely an undeniable peace or walking with all the anxiety and all the stress and all the tension that this world offers. It, it's a defining moment. It's a, it's a game changer for you because it'll determine what your eternal destiny is. Because the simple truth is this, we do all face death. See, Jesus said this, he said, for God so loved you that he gave his only son that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Oh oh, yeah, our physical body will stop, we'll stop breathing, our pulse will stop. But to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, an an eternal home for you. This is a game changer, it's a defining moment. And in this defining moment, I I understand that you weren't expecting this today. I understand that it it, it can come across as even being a frustration, an interruption, an irritation. But how about you seize the moment? Let today be the day that you say yes to him, once again or for the first time. For those of us that are Christ followers, let today be the day that we say this, okay God, however you wanna use me in this time in the season of COVID-19, however you wanna use me, God, I'm all in. Because yes, we find ourselves at the place of defining moment, but we thank you that history shows us that this defining moment And God bless.